0: Welcome, I am Allie Parrish, and this is Bringing Down the House podcast. Today on episode 10, I am pleased to welcome Waterloo Mayor Quentin Hart. Mayor Hart and I will be chatting about the current state of housing in Waterloo and what the future holds. We hope you stay tuned and get involved in our local mission by giving to Iowa Heartland Habitat or volunteering your time. Opportunities can be found on our website at webuildhabitat.org or by following us on social media. And as always, we are grateful for our podcast partner, CC Podcast. Give them a listen too. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Bringing Down the House. I am Allie Parrish, Executive Director of Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity. I am so excited to welcome Waterloo Mayor Quentin Hart as our guest today. We are going to dive into some important topics surrounding housing in Waterloo, and I am so excited for the opportunity to visit with Mayor Hart in just a little bit. Um, so, we have a lot to get to today, but as always, I'd love to kick things off with a mission moment. Yeah. In today's mission moment, I just wanted to share with everybody a really uh, great story about one of our home buyers, Paris. And what's special about Paris for us is just that Paris is our first home buyer that is part of a joint program that we have going on right now with House of Hope. Paris is dedicating her house soon, and by the time you listeners are listening to this, she probably will already have been moved in, and which is so exciting. Um, But a few years ago, we started a joint program with Habitat and House of Hope where we gave House of Hope residents the opportunity to kind of be in both programs at one time if if they uh, could qualify for both. Harris was just a rock star at House of Hope when she first got over there and um, really worked hard and was able to qualify basically for two programs, theirs and ours. She has done a great job. She has um, had steady employment. She's done all the classes she needed to do. She's done her sweat equity hours and she'll be the first family that we've ever had that's moving directly from house of hope into her brand new home that she's purchasing from habitat so um that's coming up here really soon and we just want to give a shout out to paris Um, you've done an amazing job and just thank you to our partner house of hope in this um what we call our framing hope program this joint program between the organizations so um just just awesome and uh hope everybody can uh, give paris uh, congratulations on our behalf as well so congrats paris we're so proud of you Right, so folks, today is another special episode of Bringing Down the House. I am joined in the studio today by Waterloo Mayor Quentin Hart. So welcome, Mayor Hart.
1: Welcome, thank you. Thank you for having me, I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, really excited to have you here. And Ja'Kalen sends his best. He was unable to be here today, but we miss him, but uh, we're excited to have you here.
1: Shout out to uh, Yes. So can't wait to the next time I'm coming back when he'll be here. Exactly,
0: but... he won't want to miss it again, so. Um, Really glad to have you here. Before we dive in though, I'd like to share some information with our listeners um, about your impressive background, Mayor. So Mayor Hart is the first African-American elected to the office of mayor for the city of Waterloo and is currently serving his third term. Preceding the election, Mr. Hart was the Associate Director of Multicultural Affairs for Hawkeye Community College in Waterloo Providing leadership for multicultural initiatives and promoting awareness and appreciation for diversity on campus and the community. In the eight years preceding his mayoral election, Mayor Hart represented the citizens of Waterloo as Ward 4 Councilman and was the first African-American appointed mayor pro tem for the city. He received his master's in post-secondary education, student affairs from the University of Northern Iowa, and has a BA in sociology from Minnesota State and a liberal arts degree from Iowa Central Community College. Mayor Hart serves with the US Conference of Mayors, National League of Cities, Accelerator for America Advisory Board, National Alliance for Partnerships and Equity, and president of the Iowa League of Cities. He also serves numerous regional and state organizations and appointments. And Mayor Hart is happily married to his beautiful wife, Cassandra, who is a uh, 2007 Gold Star Award teacher, by the way and his dad to sons, Quentin Jr. and Quendon, and daughter, Halea. So, wow, that is a lot. That's a mouthful.
1: And, and to only do that in 22 years <laughs> on earth, huh?
0: Oh, my goodness. You are, every birthday you're going down. and
1: <laughs> There we go. I, it, I'm trying to get better, not older, but get better. Huh? <laughs> aren't we
0: all right well you are definitely getting better holy buckets that is that is a very very impressive uh list there mayor hart so well, i'm
1: just thankful to have had the opportunities um that i that i've had and i love this community so much and and I'm I'm here to praise the work that you are doing too and I know that's going to come a little bit later but I'm just so blessed and and grateful for the opportunities I have
0: awesome well you've done a great job in all of your roles your many roles um and it's fun because we don't often get to sit down and visit like this so I'm really looking forward to this opportunity today but you know mayor you've been a servant in our community in so many ways for for so long and I guess my first question is just why was it why has it been so important to you to get involved and be in you know public service or just to serve in all the different ways that you have and maybe even when you first ran for council so many years ago why was that important to you?
1: So many years ago. I keep watching those little...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, it's it's, not just yesterday. It's, it's,
1: you know, like growing up, uh, there's always been this something inside of me Mm -hmm. that just had a heart for wanting to help and serve. Whether it's giving someone some advice that's going through problems or whether it's uh, picking up a paper in the community. You know, I remember... My Uncle Bill, I, you know, you're young and you throw out something in the street like a bottle. My Uncle Bill was like, you go over there and you pick that up and clean that up. This is your community. Right. So just growing up, seeing my parents, too, who love the community. But it's just always been in my heart to to wanting to help people, having that desire to try to make some type of difference. Not by being out front, but just being behind the scenes to help as many people as I could.
0: That's awesome. And I really, you know, y- you think about that, why does anybody, you know, choose those paths? And I do think, I mean, like you said, I think it speaks to your history and how much uh you know, those guardians in our lives can really play an important role in in encouraging that without even knowing they're doing so just by being who they are, you know.
1: You think, you know, there's there's been a lot of imp- people that have sown into our lives and that we've been able to learn from. And I think you know uh, uh, rudy rudy jones yeah. from uh, community development had given me a book uh and i want to get the title right it's something like when your goals seem out of reach and it was the story of nehemiah and it broke down the spiritual the the biblical portion of nehemiah in the bible but it made it very practical to what we're living today and i've really been able to take that and like see that actually come alive and you know how we can do this or how we can partner to make things uh better for this community and ever since then I think I just got on a little bit before I got on council and throughout my mayorhood that's kind of like what I've taken with me that's on this awesome. journey
0: that's really awesome, yeah. Rudy, uh, Rudy loves to sell Nehemiah. I tell you what, <laughs> Sharon earlier every ne- every meeting I'm at, Rudy's Rudy's pushing Nehemiah, so it's a good book. <laughs> Absolutely, because <laughs> Rudy's a good guy.
1: But but I see some parts of what you do is in the story yeah. as well. So mm-hmm. it's something when people that that have a focus on building up the community, yeah, the walls of this community, whether it's with housing, whether it's with uh, employment, whether it's with good healthcare. All of us are trying to build those walls around this community to make it stronger. And and you're you're one you 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 fit the fit the bill too.
0: Thanks. I appreciate that. And I, I completely agree. Um so you know think talk about the step that you took then to to really uh, be called if you want to say to run for mayor in particular because you know that's not an easy position. Um, that's not something that even if you are a public servant or you have that desire to just take care of your community and build it up, that's not a step that people always feel comfortable taking. Um, you know, it's a big step. You know, so why was that in particular? In particular, why was that important to you?
1: Well, I felt like that was a way. This was a way for me at this time in my life, at this particular call in my life, to be able to serve. You know, I've been blessed to uh, live on the north side of town, but work on the south side. And I've been able to have relationships with people from across this community, across this state, from all different walks of life and backgrounds. And to be able to bring that to an office where you have those types of relationships, you have those types of experiences, I felt gives you a holistic picture Mm -hmm. about community. And what's interesting, I actually didn't win the first time. I mean, the first time I ran... Mm -hmm for a state seat. I wanted to be elected and I'm like, oh, I can help here. And, uh, you know, God, I'm I'm going to do this. And when the votes came out, I ended up not winning the nomination. Hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, well, city council seat, because uh, former state representative Deborah Berry had won, Mm -hmm. but she vacated a city council seat. So I'm like, hey, you know, this pathway, I'm running for that seat and I lost, right? Oh, so that was a two-time loser, right? <laughs> but, you know, what I what I started to understand is that conviction that was placed on my heart uh, to serve uh, in that capacity was stronger than whether or not my feelings were hurt because I won or lost. But what happened from losing, uh, you know, I drew, rolled my sleeves up. I served on the planning and zoning board. I started to learn about the city. And then I ended up... Uh, Uh, developing the From the Heart Mm -hmm. uh, program, Mm -hmm. the Waterloo Home Enhancement Project, where we fixed up houses for low-income, elderly, and physically disabled residents. Yeah. And before I knew it, in seven years, I think we did about 300 projects where we brought uh, youth and people from across the United States and organized with our local to fix up houses. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in losing, you know, there's a lesson to be learned, but there's also winning. So... Then I did run for a city council seat years later and ended up winning. Uh, second time, I didn't have an opponent. Thank goodness. They say uh, competition builds character. And I was hoping <laughs> losing that many times I had character. Right? Right. And then I uh, ran for the mayoral seat and just trying to bring all of that uh, to the seat
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and everyday decisions that i make. And I was fortunate I won. And, uh, you know, I'm still here uh, in my third term.
0: Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think you've done a fantastic job, um, honestly. And, you know, i I, I don't like to ever uh discount the commitment that it takes um and the servant's heart it takes for everybody that's been in that seat you know i mean i i I would love to believe that everybody comes at it from the right heart and that they are trying their best even though you know we may not always agree but i really i think you have done a fantastic job um and i I love that it was kind of just you felt compelled you know that you you weren't going to be thwarted by you know kind of the the uh that we don't always succeed the first time around but if we're really passionate you know, that that you were driven that this is something that you needed to do. Um, and I think the city is absolutely the better for it. Um,
1: Thank you very much. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's been really cool.
1: We to, can just close the show down right here. <laughs> like we're <to> good. Drop <laughs> the mic. Oh wait, there's
0: a way we way too expensive microphones here friends <laughs> us. It's you. dropping now. Thank but, you. Right? No, but really it's it's been it's been really um, I think you've done a fantastic job. Thank and you. I've been, you know, born and raised in this community as well in yep. Waterloo and um, have lived here my whole life and I you know, city Politics are, are difficult, you know, city government is hard, um, just just running the city, you know, it's, it's, right. it's a complicated thing. And I, you know, it wasn't until my job really at Habitat that I really started to understand just all the layers and complexities um, to all of that, mm-hmm. you know, so um, I, I do think that people owe city you know reps a debt of gratitude that we don't often give you guys so it's 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 hard work
1: yeah you know it's a it's a thankless job sometimes yeah. um you know working being an elected official but i'll I, you know i'll be honest you know a lot of time people come up and say i know you don't hear this enough mm-hmm. um so we've been very fortunate because people do come up uh even in this climate mm-hmm. uh, that we're living in, in in politics and the divisiveness that we may see on national television but you know, what I, what I really learned, though, Allie, is with regards to the city is that, you know, politicians, elected officials, which uh, may come and go, but there's an incredible amount of hardworking um, people that work for the city. Yes. You know, we take for granted um, those that are in the street department. And if, if our snow plow doesn't come in five minutes of when we think it's supposed to, then uh, mm-hmm. we're upset. Uh, we take for granted uh, our sewage uh, treatment plant workers that make sure every time you flush that stool that it doesn't <laughs> stay in your house, that right. it goes somewhere else, or our police department, or our firefighters, or our clerks. But I've just been blessed because we have tremendous amount of people that work for the city that are wanting to do it for the right reasons. Yes, they make money, right? But they're doing it for the right reasons, and they love what they do, and you know through this covid process i've just been so fortunate to see you know uh, people standing up and working hard and you know risking their own personal safety so that we can have our, our safeties and the things that we enjoy in our daily lives so mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm so grateful uh of the folks that i work with it's it's hard to even put into words. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it's, it's important for all of us, I think, to keep things in perspective, um, like that, you know, that, um, most of the time, you know, I would, I, from what I've seen, even, you know, I'm sure those are very thankless jobs and, um, and we do, you know, the rest of us need to be better about being grateful, um, for, for all the work that everybody does. So, Um, you know, when I'm thinking about housing and Waterloo in particular, and you really have kind of led into this already. So you, you really have been a champion for housing for so many years. And you mentioned your From the Heart program that you had started, you know, so many years ago. Um, what, what was, tell us a little bit more about exactly what that was about and why was it important for you to do that?
1: Oh, excellent question. So I think when I went to college, you know, is really when I probably first found out in one of my social problem classes that, uh, that abandoned house that may have been around the corner from where I lived at, you know, I really never understood the culture and how it ended up there, right? Yeah. And, you know, hearing, hearing that an area that I come from is considered um, economically distressed in some portions, so that really started to resonate with me uh, in college and in coming home and trying to figure out how I can make a difference. And... You know, the the From the Heart program was a way for us to be able to help residents that are good people. Yeah. But it's expensive, you know, trying to put a roof on your house or it's expensive, you know, trying to put siding on your house, you know, and even, you know, at times with my wife and I, when we both had jobs and we're doing this, it was expensive. Yes. So we found a way to work, partner with group work work camps out of Loveland, Colorado, hmm. To organize youth volunteers from across the country to come here for what I call a housing blitz, and we would select probably about 40 or 50 houses of people that met these uh, met the uh, criteria, organize projects, and then the youth would come here over the course of a week. And they would partner with the families, you know, if, and they did devotional too. If mm-hmm. a family member wanted to be part of the devotion, they did that. If they didn't want, they didn't have to. But it gave youth experiences about service and about giving back to their community. And at the same time for us, it gave us an opportunity to help with needed repair. So we considered ourselves like you, that we're not just... Uh, building homes where we're building hope yes uh, and fixing our community. And I was fortunate enough to do that with some good local funding partners. And it was 100% free uh, for the residents. Uh, little to no tax dollars also through grant funded for the most most part awesome. of the program. So it yeah. was great, great. I felt so good about that project. Some of the best work that I've ever been a part of in my life.
0: It's so transformative for families. And, you know, I, I love that um, that you just you kind of started that that seed was planted when you kind of were curious around and, and felt kind of not great about the fact that, you know, people you heard people talking about things in your community and your right. neighborhood or whatever that, you know, was upsetting or and you really stopped to think about why is that abandoned house like it is? Right. Or why why is this person, you know, um, suffering to, to maintain or what mm-hmm. have you the way that it appears that they are? And I think that's one of the things that's really stood out to me so much in my work with Habitat is just how much we misjudge right. those situations. And when you really dig into the facts of the matter, um, it's nothing like what, you know, right. 99% of the time, it's nothing like what, you know, the public likes to just make up their mind about, you know, about these situations and how it is so expensive (laughs) to do these things and how hard when when people are just trying to make ends meet, they're Mm -hmm. just trying to pay for food and childcare and and, you know, medical expenses or what have you, you know, you have a roof that needs to to be done or a a water heater or a furnace or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Right. It's a significant expense, um, certainly as a you know, portion of your income or, or your, what you have available.
1: And, you know, not to go too far back into that book that I mentioned, but mm-hmm. um, Nehemiah uh, was like a community developer and yeah. somewhat. But when Nehemiah found out the peril that his community was in, he was working for the king at the time, and he found out the peril of his community, Nehemiah wept, right? Mm. And he was so hurt about what was taking place at his homeland that it called him to action, yeah. right? And that's that's what's so important because, yeah, I've sat on the side and I've complained about this mayor or that council person, mm-hmm. what they're not doing, but sometimes it comes down, yes, we hold them accountable, but it comes down to what can we do? Yes. What gifts uh, has the good Lord given me to be able to make a difference in those situations? And when I talked about relationships, Uh, And that being something that I was blessed to have, I was able to go to the mayor at the time, to Tim Hurley. I was able to go to uh, Mary Ann Burke at the uh, Community Foundation. I was able to partner with all of these people and bring this project together because that was a gift that I had to be able to work and and bring people together. So I was just trying to think, what can I do to make a difference and help out? And then also going back into... You know, studies and reports about the city that I'm from in the 1960s, Mm. you know, housing and education were two of the biggest challenges that we had here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to think we get an opportunity, whether it's from the heart or whether it's Habitat, uh, to be able to kind of help deal with age old issues that need to be dealt with.
0: Absolutely. And that's something that we found, too, a lot of the the situations that we're dealing with, you know, even stem back to the farm crisis right. and different things that yep. really, in the whole scheme of things, weren't that long ago, but were significantly detrimental to, yes. to neighborhoods and to families and, and, you know, things like that. That really was nobody's fault. Right. You know, it was just something that was happening everywhere, yep. you know, so... Um, I, I completely, uh, completely uh, see that too. And, and just commend you, I guess, for taking that step because so oftentimes you're right. People, you know, um, can, it's so much easier to always be the armchair quarterback or right. somebody that's always just sitting on the sidelines kind of critiquing or having a better idea than what they see happening. But it's harder to just step up and say, well, I have this, I can do this.
1: Right, absolutely. I, I'm gonna go
0: do that, you yeah. know, um, and jump in.
1: And it's And it's about knowing what role to play. And, you know, I can't, you know i'm just so excited about this year coming up and i know we haven't transitioned our conversation but i'm going to yeah. be challenging more people to get involved in in serving and supporting what you're doing yeah we can we can you know they kept me away from the construction part of the, from the art <laughs> program right because <laughs> uh, give me a hammer a hammer and a nail and I may <laughs> hang something up the wrong way oh, my but I'm going to be challenged people to get involved and be engaged and mm-hmm. trying to make that connection because there's a lot of people that want to do something yes they just need to I just need to figure out how to bridge that gap and you're doing incredible work to do that
0: Appreciate that. Yeah. So let's shift to today. I mean, we think about the housing situation in Waterloo today. Um, you know, uh, what issues really kind of concern you the most around housing or that, you know, stress you out the most around housing in Waterloo?
1: Well, it's a, it's a couple things and, you know, we're almost done with our next, next, uh, housing, housing impediments, um, study. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing that come out here pretty soon, but I think in, in a couple areas first, uh, it's the condition of our homes. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is you have wonderful people that can't afford to fix up those houses and they need some help and support. And we need to do that. Number two is lead in houses. Right. Mm-hmm. Community development has just received a, a large grant to be able to help with some lead based issues, which we know that have uh, health impacts on on our residents. Uh, number three is home ownership. Yeah. Right. We need to figure out. Uh, how we can increase the amount of people that are able to own homes. I think once there's this, uh, I forgot what the percentage is, uh, in a person's lifetime, their biggest investment uh, for probably 90 plus people are their houses, right? And when you get a credit application, at first, do you own or rent? So we're definitely trying to make sure that we put people in home ownership opportunities. Yeah. Um, and then number four is just overall quality of life around that. How can we take... of the projects that you're doing how can we take projects that other developers may be doing uh, and create quality of life walkable clean safe neighborhoods right and just trying to work in that space uh, is a lifetime worth of work but just trying to work in that space uh, overall and just quality housing is always always a challenge that we want to try to to help with as well.
0: Absolutely, and, and you know, it, it's, it's so difficult when you see the realities sometimes up close, you know, to, to the conditions that families, unfortunately, are forced to, to deal with and accept. And I know that weighs on our hearts. I know it weighs on yours. Um, and I love the opportunity that we have, you know, to really work together. Um, you know, to those ends, and I appreciate the partnerships that we've had over the years as well. Um, on the flip side, you know, are you seeing any housing trends that really you're most proud of? You know, um, in the city of Waterloo, too, too, because things are improving. You know, so what are mm-hmm. what are you most proud of?
1: Um, am I able to mention the project we're partnering on right sure. now, or do I do that later? Well, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, well, a couple things. First yeah. of all, the, the year before, the year last year, the year before, uh, we had our most Uh, We had over 300 plus um, houses that were built uh, within the city, which was a record year for us. It's awesome. A good trend, right? Yeah. Uh, We're doing uh, really exceptionally well for affordable housing for, you know, mid to young professionals within our community. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I'm really proud of are the fact that partnerships like the one that we currently have, Mm -hmm. uh, the Memorandum of Understanding with the Walnut Neighborhood Area. And you are such a key piece in that Habitat is. Because not only do we have the ability to go in and build houses, we're building that community, right? Yeah. Fifty years ago, during the Civil Rights Movement, there was an uprising. And that uprising led to uh, businesses leaving out that area and just overall quality of life and housing moving in a downward trend. Mm -hmm. But through this partnership, we've been able to work together with Habitat, with the Neighborhood Association, with the area churches, with some of the landlords, with private, private business as well. And I think I calculated about $17 million Mm. in the last three to four years of economic investment that's going right back into there, through fixing the houses, through uh, grocery store coming up, to the strip mall, to the power center, I'm sorry, not strip mall, <laughs> uh, to the rehab of houses, right? And it's a rebirth of the community, community gardens, the Boys and Girls Club, um, uh, New Teen Center, Speller's True Value, Big Q's. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing that whole rebirth and and vitality taking place in that entire area come alive. So I used to kind of list that as a blighted area, Mm -hmm. you know, now I'm looking at as an area of economic investment on so many levels. You know, think about the jobs that will be created. Think about the learning experiences that people have working in houses and the sweat equity. So I'm extremely proud that it took 50 some years in that area, but it's happening. And this is a model that we're able to utilize to transform other areas of our community.
0: Absolutely. And we've we've just been so excited to be a part of it as well and just see all the pieces kind of start to come together. Really the seeds that have been planted for a long time, you right. know, and um, and just so pleased to have been able to be a partner and, and, and really, you know, folks always need to remember this stuff is, it's not easy, you know, like, and to form a new relationship and partnership like this, you know, it really, it really stretched, um, the city too, in the sense of like, we all get in the way of doing business as usual. That was how we did it too at Habitat, you know, and, and you just kind of, this is how we do things. And, and it's really taken all of us kind of, of being willing to kind of think through this differently, you know, like what does this partnership truly look like? How do we evolve that? Way. And,
1: and, and I'll tell you one thing, too, with regards to Habitat is the way that you've come in, because I had partnerships with the former director mm-hmm. uh, and having this partnership with you. But I like the fact that we are changing the mindset of people with yeah. regards of what Habitat is. Yeah. You know, we're talking about home ownership. We're talking about economic opportunity. We're talking about a tremendous amount of investment. We're talking about uh, bringing things on the tax rolls, right? Yeah. And I know we've had some fights with other people just about the stereotype mm-hmm. of what they placed on Habitat. And I had to tell, I had to tell uh, when I was on council, I had to tell someone, uh, you can say what you want to. You're talking about quality home. Mm-hmm. And homes that are worth more than the one I live in yeah. right now, right? Yeah. So, so it's about breaking through that mindset, right? Because if we can go into a walnut and we can show how this investment, how this spurs and generate other investment, because capital goes where it's treated pretty well, mm-hmm. right? So we're rebuilding houses, we're transforming neighborhoods, community and people, but it's economic investment. Also, which is attractive to help bringing and generating other prospects that can come into those areas. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. This I am is, too. Yeah. This is so, so instrumental to everything about that. And then just really quickly too, I just want to make sure that this time that I'm in office, mm-hmm. I love all of the new developments. I love the housing subdivisions, but I would not be, um, I would not feel good Waking up or going to sleep at night if I didn't make sure there was a push to make sure that every side of this community is seeing some type of economic growth and opportunity that every child that are in our neighborhoods can at least walk past something new and shiny uh, within their communities and that's what it's all about community building community bridging and building up those walls.
0: It's so key and important, you know, and that's that's really t- speaking to that, you know, quality of life mm-hmm. and, and also just what it makes a person feel about themselves right. if they're surrounded by beauty and nice new things, you know, yeah. or, or if they're not, you know, and, and just how much that we want children yeah. and we want families to know how much they're valued. And yes. a lot of that can be achieved through the built environment, too, and, and yes. just demonstrating you know, that this family and this person is respected and they feel that because the right. environment around them is, is lovely or is, is good, you know, or what have you. Um, I, I'm a huge supporter of that as I, well.
1: I think in one of the titles you had, you said we build, mm-hmm. right? And what's important? Yes, to build, but the we mm-hmm. is important. Yes. And then you flip that W upside down and that's me. Mm. So what can I do myself? to create an environment where we can do something yeah. together. So
0: that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know, I'm taking
1: y- you completely off track. Right <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. No, it's
0: great. I do want to, you know, before we, before we wrap up today, I do want to speak a little bit to, you know, just the ra- racial inequities in housing mm-hmm. that I know are a major concern of right. ours. And I, am sure I, obviously they are as well for you. Um, you know, are we making, you know are we taking appropriate strides and making progress you know to really reversing those disparities um you know what 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 can we do better as a community there when we when we think about all of that
1: well i think i think whatever we do yeah we need to make sure that we're uh we yes we have diversity mm-hmm. but we need to making to make sure that we are inclusive right yes uh, any job opportunity any leadership opportunity Uh, leadership and inclusive leadership uh, requires intentionality, right? And so we're at the point now where it's all about us um, trying to be intentional about our efforts to bring our entire community along. As you know, 2018 came the Wall Street, 24-7 Wall Street, which is not the Wall Street Journal, but it showed uh, what we knew what was there, that there's tremendous gaps in home ownership. There's tremendous Mm -hmm. gaps in unemployment rates. There's tremendous gaps within the healthcare areas. So we need to make sure that we're intentional about our efforts to make that change. And, you know, I I think I asked you a while ago Mm -hmm. about your home ownership. And, you know, although you work to create home opportunities for everyone, Mm -hmm. that 50%, 41 to 50% of your homeowners are African-American. Yes. That speaks directly to the 24-7 Wall Street report about creating home opportunities for people. So we need to be intentional in our efforts all across the board from healthcare to police community relations. And we've been trying to take those initial steps because I don't like it like you. I don't want it to be said 10 years from now and that report comes out mm-hmm. and we don't show any tangible efforts <laughs> right? to, to changing changing that because we want to be uh, the place that's inclusive for everyone and making intentional efforts to make sure everyone is included in our economy so we've been taking steps across many different lines to try to make that a reality.
0: Absolutely. And I know that's something that you're, you know, always committed to and, um, and we are as well, you know, that really is the basis for Habitat for decades. Um, that, um, that's really been a part of who we are and, and that's definitely not changing anytime soon, but we're, we do, we always push ourselves to to look at new and different ways and making sure that we are, um, it's good for us to always question you know are we doing the right. best that we can even right. if we're doing good can we do better you know so uh, we are committed to that as well and
1: and, and really quickly too uh, when you go in and you do work in a specific area mm-hmm. that also creates other opportunities that may stem off that may not be directly Hawk I mean habitat yeah but it may be a partnership you know four blocks away with Hawkeye Community College for their sustainable construction program yes. It may be a partnership where Waterloo, Waterloo Community Schools Construction Program could coordinate with sheds and with neighborhood services for work that's being done. Yep. It could be JSA partnering to do houses next to it or Rodney Anderson building a grocery store around where you're at. So uh, the synergy of, of your work and what you're doing could expand and mean more opportunity Mm -hmm. from others to come along and continue to do uh, work to change our community as well
0: yeah absolutely thank you for that we do you know especially in our neighborhood work we work really hard to ensure that you know as much as we can and we're going to try to get even better that you know we're supporting you know minority-owned businesses that we're supporting local businesses through the work that we're doing in neighborhoods you know we try to you know, uh, be patrons of spellers, you know, true right. value and, and encourage folks to, to eat at the, the businesses around there and right. what have you and shop at the stores. And, um, we always are looking at ways that we can continue to do that better as well. So, um, we just, we love every opportunity we can to, to partner in lots of different ways. Um, so a couple of fun, fun ending questions here. Um, what keeps you up at nightmare? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ooh. is a good man probably uh uh covid about um thinking about we have so many great things we need to do and not enough money to go all Mm. around trying to deal with our uh infrastructure from our treatment plants uh to uh big projects we have coming in the future Mm -hmm. as well so you know all of those things and just wanting to see everybody be successful that I want to be successful and trying to help as many people. And then my children making noise in their rooms too when I'm trying <laughs> to go to sleep. So it's, it's
0: always their fault. <laughs> trying to be too. a good
1: daddy too, right? Oh yeah. Uh, and a good daddy and a better husband. So that's that's on my mind at night too.
0: Yeah, you well you carry a lot on your shoulders. Um, so in the flip side, you know, what's exciting you? Um, we've talked about you know housing things particular, but what just excites you in the year to come here?
1: Well, we've had a number of great programs and. Um, I will apologize on air um, (laughs) that you didn't get the stakeholders invitation, Oh, Um, but we have our 2030 planning coming up and what, what can this city be in the future? That's exciting, you know, to have, you know, folks in there saying this is the Waterloo that I want to see. So I'm excited about that and just, uh, many different projects. The theme park is going to be incredible for this area, but I'm just, I'm excited about so much. You picked yeah. the right day, right? Oh yeah, I know.
0: Well, and you know, Waterloo is such a cool place. Um, I know I'm partial cause I'm from here, but like, it's just like, there's such cool things going right. on, you right. know, like what would you, you know, what do you, what's one thing that you wish that people knew about Waterloo?
1: Um, sometimes we have a tendency to think about that one thing that we don't have here yeah, and we miss the many things that are currently here. You know, we don't have this, but we don't have this type of museum, but we have three museums. We have the largest Haitian art collection in North America. We have the Dan Gable Museum. We have the Veteran Museum. We have a veteran history. Yeah. But there are so many outstanding, incredible things that are in this community. And we look past that so often, right? We'll talk about other school districts, but other school districts are calling our schools, asking how you're doing in career and technical education because we are a motto, yep. you know so that's that's you know missing what's right under our noses sometimes is, we, is, is a challenge and building from there
0: absolutely well i'm a proud uh waterlooian or whatever we call ourselves right right so <laughs> i love it um we're a very very true blue waterloo so anything else that you want to share with us
1: uh, just thankful to be yeah. here. Thank you for your incredible work. And please let your staff know as well that we appreciate their efforts and every volunteer. We got a lot of work to do. yeah, And we're going to do it. We're going to fight for a better community, a better Cedar Valley for all the residents and the people here. And we're not going to stop. That's
0: right. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your leadership um, in so many ways, and especially for joining us today. I know you're a busy, busy man. And the fact that you would take time out to be here really means a lot to us. So thank you for that. Um, Are you going to stick around for trivia? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Everyone, it's time once again to welcome Nora back for Little Housing Trivia. Nora, how's it going? It's going well. Awesome. Excited for trivia today. Okay, let's do it. Let's let's get ready. <laughs> this is always like my most terrifying few minutes of this thing. <laughs> You'd think it would be sitting in front of Mayor Hart, you know, having to yeah, you know interview, yeah. but he's relaxing. This is nerve wracking.
1: <laughs> okay. You better
0: know the answer. I know, I know. So you guys both mentioned a lot about how you love Waterloo and you're from there, but I want to know if you can tell me what the previous name to Waterloo was before it became Waterloo. Oh, I do, uh, um, oh gosh.
1: Prairie Crossing?
0: I was going to say Prairie Rapids Crossing. All right, <laughs> it is Prairie Rapids Crossing. Ah. He, he he tuned me into teamwork. it, and then I was like, wait a minute, there's something in there. Team, teamwork. I think this is the first one that we've actually been very close. So we good were. Job. Like, oh my gosh, we usually <laughs> close, tank on these it. so bad. Oh, I know, like, close. We got it. <laughs> Normally she's we're way it out in left field. Oh so. my goodness, some of the ones she's asked us, I'm like, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here, Nora. Of um, course. Before we overstay our welcome, I just want to thank everybody for joining us for another episode of Bringing Down the House. And just a quick reminder a very to special thank in you our to our mission work guests, by Mayor making Hart, a financial we'll contribution to, sure to Iowa Heartland Habitat or signing morning. up to volunteer on a build or in our restore. Opportunities can be found on our website, webuilthabitat.org, or through social media. Thank you once again to our partner uh, in podcasting, CC Podcast, and to all of you.